This is Shi'ar Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I would like to invite you to get your Bibles and join us for today's journey through God's Holy Word. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching an in-depth series on heavenly authority. We are in the section focusing on the book of Judges, and we left off last time as Pastor was discussing the second of Israel's judges, Ehud, whom God raised up to deliver his people after 18 years of oppression under the Moabites and their self-indulgent king, Eglon. Now, let's pick up the Sunday sermon where we left off last time in Judges chapter 3. When Ehud initially leaves and then turns back, he sends the others off who came with him to carry the tribute to Eglon. It says he turned back from the stone images which were at Gilgal. And if you remember several weeks back when we studied Joshua, uh, they're important in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 20. These are the 12 stones that Joshua commanded that they take from the Jordan River when the Jordan River parted as they went into the promised land and the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant before them and as they walked their feet touched the water remember the waters of the Jordan parted to remind them about what happened at the Red Sea and as the people came through one from each of the twelve tribes took a stone and Joshua had them set these stones up I'll read it again in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 20 and those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan Joshua set up in Gilgal and he spoke to the children of Israel saying when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying what are these stones then you shall let your children know saying Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea which he dried up before us until we had crossed over that that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord Yahweh that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever so this was to be a symbol it was to be a symbol when they taught the children and you see again the importance of teaching the next generation if those at this generation had hearkened to what Joshua taught and they had taught it to the next generation perhaps Israel would not have gone into such apostasy they would not have fallen away into such rebellion against the Lord but these twelve stones these images stood not as idolatry not as something to be worshipped or bowed down before but rather as a reminder a reminder that God gives us the victory that God can part the sea that God can make the walls of Jericho fall down that God can give the land of Canaan out of the hands of the Jebusites and Perizzites and Hittites and Amorites and give it into the hands of the Israelites 
that the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You know, there are some that don't like when a church has a cross because they strictly interpret the Ten Commandments and they say, well, that's an image. And certainly if a person bows down before, starts to worship, starts to idolize and make a superstition around the cross, it can be understood. But for those who would do no such thing, who know better, that cross is a reminder. Just like those 12 stones are a reminder. They are a reminder of how God parted that Jordan River for victory. Well, the cross is a reminder of how God parted the grave open on that resurrection morning that Jesus Christ died, that Jesus Christ conquered sin and death, and that the grave opened up and Jesus Christ rose again. And when we look at that cross and we remember and we teach the next generation that all the peoples on earth should know the hand, the power of the Lord, that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever, and moreover, that you can love the Lord your God forever because he loved you first. Well, these stones here, which spoke about the might that God would display for Israel, these are the stones in Judges chapter 3 that Ehud passes by, he sees them, and then he lets the other ones go, and he turns back, and he says to Eglon, Ehud says to Eglon, I have a secret message for you, O king. And the king says, keep silent, and all who attended him went out from him. So Ehud, verse 20 of Judges chapter 3, came to him. Now he was sitting upstairs in his cool private chamber. He's all taken care of. He's all in comfort. Then Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. So he arose from his seat. Then Ehud reached with his left hand. He probably catches Eglon off guard because you don't think of someone going with their left hand for a knife or a dagger, but he's a left-handed man. Then Ehud reached with his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. Even the hilt went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, and he did not draw the dagger out of his belly, and his entrails came out. How we can be lulled into complacency with comfort, with provision, and as I said, this Eglon reminds me a lot of the United States in its current condition. And how vulnerable, when we think we're so strong, we're so comforted, we have everything done for us, is served to us, how vulnerable we really are for destruction. Then Ehud went out through the porch, shut the doors in the upper room behind him. He locked them. When he had gone out, Eglon's servants came to look, and to their surprise, the doors of the upper room were locked. So they said, he is probably attending to his needs in the cool chamber. He's relaxing. He's attending to his needs. And they don't want to break in on him. So they waited till they were embarrassed. And still he had not opened the doors of the upper room. Therefore they took the key and opened them, 
and there was their master fallen dead on the floor. But Ehud had escaped while they delayed, and he passed beyond the stone images. He goes back, he passes beyond the stone images in Gilgal, and he escaped to Sierra. And it happened when he arrived that he blew the trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel went down with him from the mountains, and he led them. Then he said to them, Follow me, for the Lord has delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hand. So they went down after him, seized the fords of the Jordan leading to Moab, and did not allow anyone to cross over. And at that time they killed about 10,000 men of Moab, all stout men of valor, not a man escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest for 80 years. And again, you see this 80-year rest. Uh, even a longer time period, it's 40 years under Othniel. Now it's 80 years under Ehud. He goes out, he escapes, he blows the trumpet. They're in disarray because their leader is dead. And the men come out. When he blows that trumpet, that battle cry, the Israelites, those in Ephraim, are obedient. And he says, follow me. They follow his leadership. And he leads them down, and they cut off the passage over the Jordan for the Moabites to flee. And they surround them. And the scriptures tell us these men that they killed, that they routed, were strong men, men of valor, and not one escaped. This is the power of God to destroy the enemy. Now, obviously, as we study through this section, when we look through Judges, it should be clear to us that what was a physical battle in those days is a spiritual battle today. Our battle, unlike the battle of Atmiel and Ehud, is not against flesh and blood. It's against powers, authority structures, darkness in the heavenly realms, evil forces, demonic forces, and a hierarchy of forces, those that are over families, those that are over towns, those that are over states and countries, increasing in power in the heavenly realms, demonic forces of the enemy, who seek to destroy mankind and to defeat Christianity. And though we don't pick up physical swords, physical daggers, we ought to wield the spiritual sword of the Word of God. We ought to put on the armor of God. And it's so important for leadership. Each one of these individuals is a leader called by God. There needs to be leadership in the church, and then there needs to be those that hear the trumpet. And when the trumpet blasts, to take the stand against the enemy, and no matter how powerful the enemy may seem, no matter how strong they may seem, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they can be cut off and they can be defeated. They were actually defeated already. That's what we remember when we look at that cross, that all those principalities and powers were defeated at the cross of Jesus. And now he gives the victory into our hands if we seize the authority he gives to us and we're responsible with it to do what he has called us to do. So there's an 80-year rest now after this victory for the Israelites. 
Praise the Lord for His excellent and most holy word. We are so thankful that you could join us for the program today, and we look forward to bringing you more of these enriching Bible study programs in the future. We here at Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle love to receive our listeners' words of encouragement. So if you want to write to us, or if you feel led of the Lord to help support the church outreach of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B Post Office Box 518 Branford, Connecticut 06405 Once again, that's Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle Post Office Box 518 Branford, Connecticut 06405 And please include the air date of the program and the call letters of the radio station. Also, if you are going to be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we would like to invite you to join us for Sunday service. Services include praise, worship, Bible study, and the Lord's Supper. Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the yellow brick and white building. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shi'ar Jashu, which in Hebrew means, A remnant shall return. And until then, may our Lord Jesus richly bless you as you serve Him. <laughs>